I thought I would start with your favorite feature uh, provided by my iPhone. Okay. Let's go through the Apple's weekend reads. Oh, oh no. All right. <laughs> I was, I was cautiously optimistic. <laughs> so listeners, if you don't have an iPhone or you haven't turned off your notifications, like I, for some reason, haven't already, um, Apple news will send you. Yeah, that's on me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a self-inflicted wound. Well, now I do it. Yeah, because it's funny. Uh, but yeah, Apple News will send you once a week on Sundays, like their little news roundup. And I've saved the ones from the past two weeks, not counting today. Okay. Um, this one's from March 20th. How late stage pandemic is messing with our brains. The biggest myth about finding happiness. Oh. And more fascinating weekend reads. Wow. Well, well, okay, so what do you think their biggest myth for about finding happiness is? The fact that they bring up the pandemic and then the myth about finding happiness in the same fucking sentence. It's like, I don't think you guys are attached to reality. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? The late stage pandemic is messing with our brains, they said. Right? Or something? <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, here's why you can't find happiness. It's going to be something bullshit, I bet. Yeah. It's like, you're you're wanting too much. You know, like, be happy. A lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of happiness things focus on, like, being happy with what you've got. And it's just like... Yes. Like, kind of fuck you for wanting... stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's very stupid. It's probably, like, a listicle almost. Like, four things you can do to be happier. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Oh, this one actually is from this weekend. It's from it's from yesterday, Ooh. Saturday. All right. Uh, how the giant boat stuck in the Suez Canal threatens the U.S. economy. That is, yeah. Yeah, that one's, that's actually news. Yeah, that's fucked <laughs> Good up. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, the life-changing power of walking. Guys, have you heard of walking? It's a good, ex- <laughs> it's a good exercise. I mean, like, and people are surprised maybe how... You know, they got studies. Like, that's supposed to be good for you yeah. or whatever. But I don't know, life-changing necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like is, to, okay. but... I do it every now and then. I'll take, I'll take copper on a walk. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I can't just do it for myself, because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, my brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> but if I do it so it's like, look, this is being productive because it's helping your dog, then I can do it. That's kind of... That is kind of messed up, like... Yeah, I've got a bad relationship with movement and exercise. <laughs> well, like, you should be able, though, to do that for yourself, right? You don't have to, like, serve someone else to do it or be productive, <sighs> like, in, in exercise, you know, that's... I know. I used to do that with yoga, too, when I did yoga. I was like, well, I'll do it while I'm on my first meeting of the day. That way I'm not, quote-unquote, wasting time, which is so Damn, fucked up. that's like hustle, grind culture sort of thing. It's <laughs> bad, so I just don't now. That's my terrible solution. <laughs> Man. Yeah, the Suez Canal thing, I mean, by the time this drops, maybe they're still digging that ship out. It's insane. I don't even understand. Like, if your economy runs on that, maybe not a great economy, huh? Yeah, you know, global trade is, is, I don't know, I guess in a socialist society, a, a communist world government thing, we'd probably have choke points and stuff still around that, you know, it could mess up like supply chains or whatnot. But I think there would be more of a focus on local production where it wouldn't necessarily make everything fucking fall and apart. And ecology, too. Yeah, you can't imagine that it's mm-hmm. too, like, sustainable to fuel these huge <laughs> mega... Probably they not. said it's, like, four soccer fields long or something, you know? Oh, my God, that's so they long. Say it's the Empire State Building, but laid over 
No. Yeah, it is. I saw something like that is taller or as tall as the Empire State Building. Oh, wow. But long. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah. But, hey, uh, if you're having a bad week, at least you're not the guy that drove that into <laughs> yeah. the side, you know? Yeah. There's always that. Cold comfort. <laughs> All right. Movie night. Movie night. Connie's yeah. movie night here. We're watching... A film from a few years ago, 2018. It's called Sorry to Bother You. Nice. Who directed it? I saw the name and immediately forgot. That's okay. It's Boots Riley. Okay. I love that guy. He's great on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was unfamiliar with him until I saw this movie and kind of like dug into him some more. Yeah, he's a he's a communist. Yeah. I, I know him um, from Twitter first. That's funny. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a communist. He was a labor activist when he was like younger, like in his young adult teen and young adult age. And I listened to some interviews with him and he's dope. Cool. Yeah, the movie stars Lakeith Stanfield. Back again on yep. Communist Movie Night. He's a yeah, <laughs> friend of the show, Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> I wish. He's playing the role of Cassius Green. It's a great who name. Who goes by Cash. <laughs> All right. Do we want to jump into it there, I guess? Yeah, let's do it. Listeners, if this is your first communist movie night, our format <laughs> tends to be we jump into uh, kind of a plot run through and just discuss things as we go. Yeah. Yeah. I literally have my iPad open and I'm just going to be scrolling through. So first off, we have the job interview, which we've all fucking been there where you're just <laughs> lying <laughs> to get a yeah. job you don't want. That is exactly what I wrote, too. We've all been there. <laughs> Though yeah. at least not, hopefully not as bad as this in a lot of cases. <laughs> but uh, I think it's great because it's, he's going, he's, he's gone through all these lengths. He's made a fake trophy. <laughs> he's made a fake plaque. And it's he's so lied good. on his resume. All this stuff to try to get the job. And then the guy like call, calls him out on it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't care. Like, you can read. You're hired. Like... <laughs> It's ridiculous. And then it's crazy because like the job is obviously shitty, right? Mm -hmm. Like he tells him like, this is a shitty job. So yeah, I don't care what you've done. And still he tells him like, come here tomorrow, be happy. And Cash is already like visibly yeah. overjoyed to get this shitty job. Mm -hmm. We've all been there too, is the thing. Like, and everyone who is stuck in some sort of shitty job. They want a better job, mm -hmm. but they don't want that job taken away, even if they hate it, because they don't want the things that, you know, they don't want the, they desperately need the income. Yeah, yeah, they gotta make rent. And like, I've definitely seen people in situations where their current job is super shitty, but it takes so much time that they don't have time to go look for another job. That's something that definitely plagues so many of us is, it's e it either takes too much time, takes too much energy, mm -hmm. whether that's physical energy or just existential energy, like absolutely just drained, you know. Yeah, and then like you got to sneak out to go to interviews and shit. Like it's just a mm -hmm. whole it's a whole shit show. It's fucked up. I do not wish job hunting on anyone. No, yeah, it's a bad not one. My worst enemy. Oh, I hate those surveys they make you take. God, okay, yeah, let's. <laughs> so. They some places do like personality uh, evaluations, and I worked at a place that did a personality evaluation. It was, it was it was a year that I wasn't working as a teacher. I was just in the private sector, I guess. Just think of 
business office job thing for <laughs> yeah. listeners. You know about this. I already, do. But, <laughs> um, what if I was like, what? what? I didn't Wait. know this. <laughs> uh, and you do this personality survey and this place like then used this as like, they tried to be like, oh, you know, these groups work better. You know, they like would use this to like form work groups and mm-hmm. all this stuff. As if it meant, as if everybody hadn't, and maybe they hadn't, I don't know, but I had, <laughs> like, just lied oh, on the thing to tell them, like, oh, yeah, I love working. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I want to do my best. Oh, yeah, like, I <laughs> have a passion for whatever. Like, who who is like this? No one. No one is like this. Some people are, but I think those people are, <laughs> either they lucked out and found a job they really fucking care about, or they're kidding themselves, like, which we'll see in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't discount the fact that you can find a job that you enjoy mm-hmm. aspects of. You can. But it boils down to you're getting paid to be there because you wouldn't be there otherwise. Like, Yeah, that's the thing. And it just drives me crazy. Like, I'm very much a bitch who sticks to their job description. I'm like, what did you pay me for? That's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm, And I hate that there's a culture that's like, you know, you have to go above and beyond that. And it's like, no, I literally don't. Like, this is an agreement. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a big thing with teachers, too, is... There's this, especially online culture, and people will kind of fuck over the profession by doing this on social media. Oh, so they yeah. post all the crazy shit that they've done that's gone, you know, way outside of contract hours, mm-hmm. way over with their own money. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, thanks. Like, people expect that of me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing it, but. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. It's comforting, though, for any teachers out there. There's There's a great community on the teacher subreddit that's like, we don't do that, you know. That's like, great. <laughs> That's good to know. There's mixed views, but a lot of, there's just so many people who kind of validate that idea of like, dude, just work like it's a job. That's so important. <laughs> like, well, yeah, we have such a job of Seth's culture here that it's, mm-hmm. it is really difficult to find people where you can admit like, no, my job is just a paycheck. And like, people don't know how to respond to that often. They're like, do you want to find another job? I'm like, no, it's fine. But it's just a paycheck. Yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be my whole life. My identity. Yeah. And that's yeah. In a very, maybe it's just an American thing, but like, yeah, what do you do? You mm-hmm. know? All right. Anyway, and, <laughs> we got really the upset. very opening scene. Uh, <laughs> we next see Cash in bed mm-hmm. and he's laying there and he's having some very relatable existential dread <laughs> and he's talking to his girlfriend and then later she's mentioned as a fiance. So I don't know. If yeah. Yeah. I was kind of confused on that. Doesn't matter. His partner, mm-hmm. Detroit. Tessa Thompson, so fucking hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's cool. She's yeah, so I knew cool. her from Westworld, I guess, before this. Oh, okay. I know her because, um, I don't know if this is true or not. Sorry if I'm not up on my queer news. Um, there were rumors that she was dating Janelle Monet for a while, and so we were all very ah. excited about that. <laughs> all right, there you go. I'm the pop culture moron uh, <laughs> here, so... I could just lie and you'd be like, sure. Yeah. I, I'm thinking like, I don't really know who the other person is. So. <laughs> oh my God. She's great. Sorry. She is. Okay. She's very Prince-like in music. Okay, cool. Very cool. Bicon. He's laying there and he's telling her, you know, what if you ever think about dying? <laughs> and it was funny. I was watching this with Abby and she's like, damn, this is like a conversation like you would have. It's just like, what if we're all in a simulation? Uh-huh. <laughs> or like, what if I'm on the Truman show and you guys are all just acting? I just, you know, mm-hmm. I just do this shit to myself because my brain is diseased in some way. <laughs> uh, 
But to me, it was very relatable. And he's like, you know, what will I have done that matters? Mm-hmm. That's such a big one. And yeah, like lots of us are in that situation, right? At some, not constantly, but at some point we're like just kind of going by week to week, not really seeing that we are making any sort of mm, change, significant yeah. change with people or ourselves or the world. And we're just like stuck in a system that hates us kind of and doesn't want us to change anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, I really related to like Tessa Thompson's character in this because she does play that role of like artist and like you can mm-hmm. tell that she is confident in that as a means to change. And like I thought that was a really cool perspective to show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Quick note on Tessa Thompson. One, who sleeps in arm jewelry like that? That would be very oh. uncomfortable. Yeah, the, the big gold bands. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. I was too. so confused. Not to complain though, because her jewelry game is fantastic. They always show her ridiculous big earrings and they're so fucking cool. So like, <laughs> mm-hmm. amazing. I want all of these earrings. Yeah, there's a there's some great messages on them. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then, so yeah, the, the door opens. They're in a garage. Cash turns on the TV and we encounter for the first time in a business called Worry Free. It's Amazon, guys. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a souped, uh, that's for me, it's like a souped up kind of hyper Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not too like out of the. <laughs> Honestly, it's not. I mean, yeah. But let's get it. So Worry Free is like their big pitch is you can live and work in the same place and you can, you know, your meals will be provided, all this shit. And you're basically signing these these contracts that say you're going to do uh-huh. this. So it is just kind of slavery. And yeah, I mean, it's with Amazon yeah. trying to fucking start company towns again, as if that's a mm-hmm. new idea. Like we've seen it. <laughs> yeah. And this, you know, even eliminates some sort of the aspect of freedom, I guess, that would come with a company town, getting to express yourself by buying different things. And <laughs> you wouldn't even have that because you just get served like your food and mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're dressed up in your little prison jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's, it's just prison, but you signed up for it. Yeah. And they're not punishing you, I guess, but you are just like working every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It looked like they were sharing twin size bunk beds. So that seems like a punishment to me. Yeah, it did. (laughs) Yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, people, one of the common capitalist kind of tropes is like, well, you don't want communism because then you're going to end up like the Soviet Union. Everybody wears drab gray (laughs) and they're all in these block houses Mm -hmm. and crammed up together and sharing their rooms and all this. It's like a barracks. And this is just like, dude, this is, this is that, but you don't even have free healthcare, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah, I, I love how over the top this is, but at the same time, how very obvious that like, this is definitely where they're going. Like every point in this movie, I'm like, yeah, they're probably going to do that. Yeah. Uh, We see Detroit's first set of earrings say murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. Extremely cool. Woodwear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He goes, oh, he talks to his uncle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Played by Terry Crews. Love him. He's awesome. And Uncle Serge uh, hassles Cash because Cash is behind on his rent. Classic. Yeah. And Cash doesn't like that. He feels like he's being put upon and he says, look, God made this land for all of us and greedy people like you want to hog it to yourself and your family and charge all the rest of us for the right to live. And then he says, I'm your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's very yeah. good. 
I mean, he's not wrong about he's that. Not, but it not. was funny that, like, you know, the movie presents Serge as sympathetic in this way because he's he's a landlord. Mm-hmm. Not a good choice. He shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But you can see where he's been kind of pushed by the system into making that choice. And he's still being oppressed by this same system. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's good. Like they, you know, later in the movie, they talk about how like he's worried about his house getting taken away and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's a landlord, but not a completely shitty one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's, it's like, you know, kind of just desserts for being a landlord. But on the other hand, you kind of see like he has his own problems, I guess. Mm-hmm. So cash goes to work. And I mean, we see a really rundown city, which like is pretty much the truth in a lot of places. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's only slightly because this whole thing is kind of speculative, kind of sci fi mm-hmm. in that way. But this is only slightly amped up from what barely. We're yeah. Already in, you know, uh, it's this is Oakland. We'll mm-hmm. find out eventually this is Oakland. And yeah, you're right. Shit looks bleak. Tense line the streets. A capitalist hellscape is what I wrote. <laughs> yes, definitely. So he gets to work and his his new sleazy ass looking manager Um, gives them the rundown and you know just stick to the script and he's a telemarketer and um i really love this device in the movie they Mm -hmm. whenever he calls someone the desk basically falls down into that environment yeah there's just a lot of really great artistic choices in this movie um and i really liked that one that was super cool because like you he's pulled into that room literally and you kind of see him viscerally interacting with people mm-hmm. like on a human level and he's he's like empathizing and maybe you know it's not really what they're going through but that's what he's experiencing you know uh so yeah he calls a few people the one that struck me was like the woman whose like husband had cancer and stuff and it was really sad like she couldn't afford anything and he has to Say like, well, one of the sets has stuff on wellness and coping. And she's just like, she. you can see like she's just disgusted with humanity when she hangs up the phone. Yeah, yeah. Who could do this? Who could say that in that situation? I was just looking for like a connection. You know, she's feeling, who who the hell is talking to a telemarketer on the phone? Telling them about their lives like she's feeling lonely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I read this really interesting comic today by someone. uh, It was on the Lily. They do a lot of autobiographical comics. Mm -hmm. Full disclosure, some of my work is on there. So a little bit of self-promotion in there. Good plug. Good plug. (laughs) Um, But this one was by Dobin Han. I don't super know if I'm saying that correctly. But they talk about their experiences as a barista and how because of COVID mm-hmm. people are losing so many social connections that when they go to these service workers who are already put upon, they're much more likely to like dump extra stuff on them and just like oh. expect these full conversations. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like it's really hard to manage that many people's feelings all day. Yeah. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. People are just looking for connection. And when we're, we're in this environment that, does not foster that like it's yeah. been a show yeah what is it uh atomization right yes we're, exactly we're all kind of we're isolated from each other not just social distancing wise but in i mean that has made it worse but yeah yeah another thing i wanted to mention here at his job is you know the the guy who the, the manager gives him the rundown and everything mm-hmm. he t- he, this is where we first get the introduction to a couple of things one the myth or the legend of hal jameson Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so weird. (laughs) 
this like master salesman dude. Uh, and also the another thing that angle in front of you, the power collar. Yes, yes. This whole thing of like, if you just work hard enough, you can become this new, this new position that won't exploit you and you'll be making money and you'll be out of, you know, out of debt and all that stuff. Yeah. And you'll be a big shot and like you, you will have won. Like the whole thing is set up kind of gamified. You see the little lights that they have. Yeah. It's like, oh, this lights up when you make a sale, all that stuff. That's, I mean, and they're doing that for real with like Amazon workers and stuff. Mm -hmm. They gamify their whole like package up this many things, get this task done and you get these points and all. So it's for real. (laughs) Yeah, no. And there's a real push to quantify everything, uh, which Mm -hmm. obviously sucks in education. It sucks in like design and it sucks in a lot of things like it. There are some things you cannot gamify, but we're so obsessed with people are so obsessed with going back to their fucking shareholders and being able to point to a number that Mm -hmm. they will stick a number on anything, even if it doesn't make sense. It's the new version of Taylorism. What's that? Taylorism. There's this guy named Taylor. Don't remember the first of his (laughs) one or two names, but Taylor. Okay. And uh, he would go around to these factories and say he's like a consultant and he Mm -hmm. would go and like watch the people, the assembly line workers and stuff do things. And he would like uh, time them, you mm, know, yeah. and find out what the most efficient way to move, to move a thing was the most efficient, you know, fewer steps between this place. Like I heard of this all about like boiling everything down to the, like the most efficient way. And I feel like this is the modern day version of that is we want to get every little millisecond of people's time and attention mm-hmm. and all that. It's called metrics. Make sure. Yeah. And it sucks. (laughs) It does. Also, real quick note on that manager. He has an anarchist tattoo on his neck. What What? the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I noticed that too. He's got face tattoos in general and an anarchist tattoo there on his neck. And you're like, did you get confused? Uh, Yeah. I mean, he probably just, you know, maybe he had that sort of a youth and then. He had a punk phase. Washed out to this. Yeah. Yeah. Then he thinks he's more stable now and everything. But we look at it like, damn, dude, you used to be cool. (laughs) Also, the copy machine in the background of this office is just going nuts. I think that was <laughs> what great. What the fuck? Yeah. It's just <laughs> flying. The, the lights are flickering. People are trying to figure out what's going on, but that's never addressed. I love that. I you love it so much. Put that there. Uh, so then we go to our next scene after Cash is dealing with like, he's dealing with just being a negative impact on people mm-hmm. in the course of his job. Like he's, he's just like my job, the world would be better if my job didn't exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've all been there, too. <laughs> Yeah, classic <laughs> bullshit jobs. There's a category of like, these jobs would be better if they were wiped out Absolutely. as categories. Um, and he's feeling that when we finally cut away to he's after work in the club with his friend Sal, mm-hmm. played by Jermaine Fowler. Yeah. And they're just hanging out. And then they notice like the VIP room. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then he like, he goes in. Like he, his friend knows the password and it's like, oh yeah, it's the same every week, which is funny. And he goes in and it's like terrible. <laughs> he just like, it's super fucking crowded yeah. and his drink gets spilled on him. I'm just like, what the fuck? It's yeah. It's, it's like almost shittier than the normal. It is shittier. It's than way normal. shittier. I'd way rather be in the first room. <laughs> it's glitzier, but like it's, it's status, but mm-hmm. it's like shit. And I don't know. I thought that was interesting because it's like there's kind of a unity between the two. Like they're not really elites. Capitalism kind of pulls apart like different groups and says, oh, you're a little better than these groups. Like Mm. like poor versus middle class. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. 
but yeah, like we're all in the same shitty situation just in different ways. Like, yeah, you're out here. Nobody cares. You're, you're just kind of a bum in the regular section that sucks in its way, but it also sucks to be like crowded up in the struggle for the same thing mm-hmm. in the other room, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday. There is definitely a romanticization of like being really poor and be like, oh, you're happier because you don't have so many things to worry about, like owning a mm-hmm. house and having to like people love to complain about owning Oof. a house and upkeeping a house. And I'm just like, fuck you. You could have just not bought the house then. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, there's, there's this real, like, people like to pretend that there's, like, some nobility in being poor, and that means that, that mm, you're happier because yeah. you have less material possessions. And it's like, man, fuck you. Like, I'm sure Which if you asked a poor person, yeah. they would like healthcare. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah, and they would, they would like a health. I mean, like, everybody struggles. There's, you know, an old quote from a guy named Levitt, like the guy who made Levitt towns, which are like these suburbs mm. back in mid-century America. Okay. Like the earliest suburbs, basically. <laughs> yeah, they were all kind of cookie cutter. But he had a quote where he kind of was talking about why he does, why he sets all this up. And he's like, you know, uh, somebody who owns their own house, their own lot, they can't be a communist, really, because they got too much to do to deal with, you know? I think that's a great point. Yeah, we do get distracted by all these other things that seem important yeah i just yeah it's you know it is a lot of work but i i agree you don't want to go to the other extreme and be like oh I have you problems know, these, too. <laughs> yeah these lucky worker you know these lucky warehouse workers who don't have to and it's true you know you can like turn off your work maybe more easily in a manual job than in a than in a like intellectual job but on the I other hand so. you're like ripping your body I was gonna, yeah the physicality of it means that like you're you're mm. fucking drained you can't enjoy your life yeah, yeah, that's true. And you said if you asked, you know, like the poor people, hey, would you, you know, sure, they would love a house. They would love Absolutely. these things, you know. It's not that they're choosing to be, and it's a little bit of that old, like, noble savage sort of idea. I was just about you know? to say that because, yeah, people love to do this with other countries too, being like, oh, like in these poor villages in Mexico, like people are so together and it's a community and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but they're also like struggling. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you can still have community and not struggle. Like it's an option. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way that we do it is when we get assets, we keep them for ourselves and it's it's a competition. But there is mm-hmm. a way to have community and thrive. Yep. And that's a big part of what the movie focuses on too, I think. Yeah. What's next? So after the VIP room, we're back to work, right? Mm-hmm back to work and this is where we get introduced to the concept of the white voice (laughs) yeah a brilliant actor danny glover who plays the character of langston here he's the guy sitting beside cassius at work Mm -hmm. and uh, danny glover he's cool he's a leftist yeah i've heard good things he's like maybe a communist nice you know he's at least sympathetic he's on the right side (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh and he tells you know he tells cash like hey, to be successful, you got to use your white voice. Yeah, and I love it because he immediately goes to this like super nasally voice and then he's like, mm-hmm. no, 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 not just your white voice, but like you have to act like you don't have any cares in the world. Like all your bills are paid, everything's fine. And like that is such a difference. Like I remember when I was kind of struggling financially like right out of college and like mm-hmm. I think about that version of myself and that version of self myself now, which is like much more financially stable, I like carry myself differently. Like I am much more yeah. secure and happy. And I'm, like, I'm not just trying to fucking brag here. I'm just saying that like 
there is a difference when you're not mm-hmm. living paycheck to paycheck. You just have this like sense of ease and like relief. Yeah, yeah. And that's borne out not just in the sense, but in like your physical like well being. Absolutely. I mean, like, your health, like cortisol, you know? like that that shit ain't good for you if it's in your system yeah. all the time. Like people mm-hmm. have more health problems because of that. And I really also liked what he said. Because he adds this on he, in his explanation of, mm-hmm. like you're saying, you know, oh, it's you, you don't have a care in the world. He says, it's not really a white voice. It's what they wish they sounded like. So it's like what they think they're supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great because it's not like 100% a race thing necessarily of like, you're either, you know, white and you got a maid or you're not and you don't. Because, you know, you do have advantages in an entire group. You're mm-hmm. more likely to be in this comfortable situation. Uh, but, you know, and that's what you're playing to, but white people, you know, a lot of them are anxious too. A lot of them are working class too. And so, uh, they're not actually living that comfortable life. You know, they're, they're, they're in the struggle too. So it, it, I, I thought it was interesting because it's like, it does involve race. It does involve class, both of them, not just one or the other. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like an aspirational voice almost. And like, I, I feel like most of us who have worked in an office have been there too, where you're expected to keep everything very light and very relatable and be like, yeah, like, and positive. Yes. Yes. But like a little bit of complaining. I, I hate office culture so much. I could, <laughs> we should do an episode on fuck worst. offices. It's just the worst thing. But, you know, just shit like, happy Friday. And <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh, man. It's it's Monday. Aren't you feeling it? Yeah, like, yeah. This Monday is so Monday. It's just everything has to be so surface level. And so, like, you know, everyone says, how are you? And you have to be like, I'm fine. And, you know, just bullshit. It's just bullshit. <laughs> it, yeah, it is bullshit. I think that one of the big things, and I guess we'll get to this as as the union drives happens in the movie, but... One of the big things about that, about like getting to know your coworkers and stuff and getting more involved with them is getting the comfort to like realize that other people are thinking the same thing as you are about your work. Like they're also putting out this fake, oh, it's, you know, this is good, whatever. Uh, They're also, they're also performing like you are. And yeah. And, and I think there are barriers that are put up intentionally between uh, employees, Mm -hmm. things like not talking about your salary, things Mm -hmm. like, um, I don't know, just dividing people up into these really small teams and having competition between people. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is a really convenient way for them to make us not, you know, get to know each other more on like a personal level and be like, Oh, you also deserve to get paid more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not to see that we all are having the same problems and that maybe we should do something about it. Right. So, uh, so yeah, they get to the they, <laughs> they have the work meeting. Speaking of stupid shit in oh offices, oh god, this one was rough. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved the psycho manager guy. Like, dude, that you got to know when to bag him and when, <laughs> when to, to tag, tag him. him. He was insane. And then it's like, well, what does that mean? And he didn't. He like gave this stupid explanation no that idea. didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible metaphor. Managers do that all the time that they have this like received wisdom of like something that sounds cool, like something they saw off of uh, off of Wall Street or off mm-hmm. of um, something, you know, it's just some show of Glengarry Glenn Ross or just some show about like business people. Mm-hmm. They think it's the thing, you know, and they say it because it's cool, but they <laughs> it's not really a thing behind it. <laughs> and then we meet the the new manager, Diana Debauchere or whatever she called it. It's debauchery. That looks like debauchery. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's not. Well, it's not. <laughs> uh, and she, oh my God, I loved this so much. She goes on this thing about how, like, we're a family. Oh. And Cash just immediately is like, does that mean we get paid more? <laughs> yeah. Inside your head, anytime your employer tells you that you're a family. Get the fuck out. You got to keep this in your head because you're trying to draw a paycheck. But flip them off in your head. Absolutely. Like, give them two birds. Like, Mm-mm. fuck that. Mm-mm. I love my family, but no, I'm not going to run a business with them because that's not what that is. Those are different things. Well, yeah. And like you said, lean on each other or whatever. Like, that's what they want. And they're going to be doing the leaning. Like, yeah. Put up a wall between yourself and them <laughs> again in your head. Like, you are not engaging in any of this family bullshit because yeah. it's bullshit. Have boundaries. Yeah. People saying we're family. One, probably have pretty toxic families to begin with because that means they think family means you can exploit people. And yeah. two, they're, they're going to cross all your fucking boundaries and make you work late and make you do all this kinds of bullshit because apparently it's, that's okay when you're related, which it's not okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you're spot on. Yeah. And then she, you know, has this ridiculous response that makes no sense. It's just all mm. corporate jargon stuff. Yeah. She's just like, well, meet, you know, what is money? It's capital. And <laughs> capital is now like media. And <laughs> it's just like complete nonsense. It's, it's very yeah. good. Social currency or whatever. Yeah, social currency. I love it. Yeah, because it's the business world would always will always try to endlessly spin like, oh, we're giving our workers these perks mm. or we're doing this wellness thing Ugh, or whatever. Wellness. And what are they doing? They're trying to get away from giving you more money, Absolutely. giving you health care benefits. Giving you what you need to be a human being. Yeah. And that's what cracks me up. Because these are the same people that are like, mm, choice in the marketplace, delicious. But then you're <laughs> saying like, oh, take advantage of all of our little programs. Like, like tell us uh, you're, you know, be measured to see how healthy you are so we can charge you more if you're not. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's billed as like a good thing. Yeah. For it's you. like, look at us. We're watching out for your health. It's like, no, fuck you. You're doing this so you can figure out how expensive I am to take care of. Yep. But yeah, no, it's it's these people who are obsessed with choice, but at the same time, like, are trying to box you into this company fucking lifestyle. It just doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like, which one is it, bud? Well, they don't believe in choice. I no. Mean, they do believe in the choice of working for them or starving, working for them or living in the street. That's what the choice they believe in. Later, we'll see the CEO guy <laughs> defending worry-free and say, uh, hey, you know, it's not slavery because they they sign this you know Mm -hmm. as a choice well dude what is the choice the choice is you know work for you and as a slave or be out in the street or starve yeah you know like that's not really that's he says it's not there's no violence but there is a threat of violence i think yeah taking people out in the street is violent it absolutely is and i don't know the thing about the slavery it's not even really, a, it's not a metaphor here. It is just like contract <laughs> slavery in this movie. But like yeah. people could look at that and be like, oh, this is really cartoonish and like caricaturish. I don't think sure. it is because like it's already here. Like think about healthcare. Like I'm going to give mm-hmm. an example. So I have been on birth control for almost 10 years and I think I've tried every fucking brand under the sun because mm-hmm. my insurance just switches it to whatever is cheapest at oh, all times. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm extremely lucky because people can be allergic to that shit. They can have terrible reactions. I like for, I'm apparently good with all birth control. You're like the universal blood <laughs> recipient thing, but it's, for birth yeah. control. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Put it in me. My body loves stopping babies, but 
what if that wasn't the case? If I was someone who like had a very like, you mm -hmm. know, particular hormone system, like that yeah. would be such a problem. And, you know, what if your new insurance, you know, and people are like, oh, well, just change jobs if you want new insurance. Like, what if they don't cover yeah. things? Like, what if they don't cover, you know, what if they don't cover gender affirming care? Like a lot of places don't. And a lot yeah. of places don't fucking have to legally. Like, it's not a matter of choice. It is a matter of survival. And the matter of survival is down to which fucking corporation you work for and which one are yeah. which ones are quote unquote nice enough to give you things like healthcare. And I think people should really step back and just just look at the bullshit they're saying when when they say like, oh, why don't you find a new job for that? And there's, these are the people who defend <laughs> like the free market and say like, oh, you know, when you as a worker, you know, and you're signing up for working for these various companies like you have the freedom of choice everything's so great for you like you are figuring out how you're gonna survive and not only that but you're figuring out how you're literally gonna survive in terms of health care like yeah you just shouldn't have to make that sort of a choice that shouldn't be something you have to shop around for how am i gonna live you know like yeah it's fucked up and these are the same people who are all about the fucking hustle and grind of like mm -hmm. these are the people that when you say you're job hunting they're like oh you got to send out 20 resumes and you'll only get back like five hits and i'm like then it's not much of a choice is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure it's just it makes no sense the mental gymnastics are oh yeah wild yeah but that was from the <laughs> we're really diving into this i love it <laughs> Uh, All right. After the meeting. Yes. We Cash, meet our cool guy. Yeah. I love Squeeze, dude. Squeeze is the best. Like, He's no so wonder cool. Tessa Thompson hooks up with him later. Like, obviously. Yeah. I'm like, Cash, you should be trying to get in on this, man. Yeah. Like, Steven Yoon is the guy. Okay. What else uh, is he in? I feel like I've seen him. He's from Walking Dead fame. Oh, I never okay. watched I'd, Walking Dead. But. I'm too scared to watch scary things. That doesn't work. Yeah. No, he's super cool. And so he, he talks to cash and says like hey man good question in there you're right that it is all about pay mm -hmm. we you know a few of us are talking about things we can do to try to get better pay try to get better benefits and so he kind of invites him like we're going out mm -hmm. later come with you know yeah and we later learn that like this is his gig like he's so cool he, he he goes from place to place like doing basically union agitating that's amazing yeah uh listeners if you're looking for something to do you're looking for a future uh job prospects or something like what is my calling maybe it's please do that this, you know <laughs> that'd be great we need more people doing this that are you know they don't have roots somewhere because that ties a lot of us up we end up and mm -hmm. that's okay you know you end up like you've got responsibility somewhere but this is cool <laughs> extremely cool all right. So, yeah, they go out to this bar and we see like a news clip of the worry free protesters. <laughs> <laughs> we see the fucking yeah. CEO. Classic linen clothes, scarf. He's got a scarf. Yeah. He's, he's just, yeah, he is that. And, um, God, I wrote the quote We're saving the economy. We're saving <laughs> lives. Oh. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Don't, you know, we don't sign contracts under threat of physical violence. That's what we were mentioning before. Mm -hmm. It's like, because, you know, uh, this society does not have a public housing system, right? Because, yeah. like, why would they do that? Just kick them out in the street. If they get charged for vacancy, you throw them in prison and subcontract, subcontract them out to worry-free. Mm -hmm. Or they sign up for worry-free on their own. Like, there's 
there's no real choice, like we were saying. Absolutely not. This uh, the CEO guy, Steve Lift, he'll become a main character here, played by the now quite embroiled in lots of allegations, uh, oh, Army Hammer. That's who that guy. Because I saw his name on the credits, and I was like, who is that? I that one. I have white face blindness, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's mm. messed up shit. Some that wild he shit going may on. Have done. Yeah. Uh, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So we see that on TV. And then we also see the left eye factions. This yeah. is our introduction to them. Uh, they're like this kind of anarchist or rebel group in some sort of way. They have a little football player eye paint there underneath their left eye. Extremely fashionable. I think we should make this a thing. <laughs> I feel <laughs> you're, like you're I'm joining the left eye faction. I'm in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only TV we see there, though. We also see. <laughs> The introduction of I got the shit kicked out of me. The number one show in this America. And wow, doesn't doesn't feel far off. <laughs> 150 million people watch this show every night. It's it uh, is what the title is. <laughs> <laughs> they beat people up. They beat them up. They make them like dunk them in urine or in shit. That's like, insane. They do these different terrible things to them. I, I mean, I guess they give them money or something afterward. I would assume so. <laughs> Because it's set up like a game show sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not far off, man. <laughs> but yeah, they watch a little TV, and then they hang out, they have some drinks, and Cash uh, gives a toast. In his white voice. <laughs> his white voice, by the way, is played by David Cross. That's why, okay, I could not think of his name. I'm like, it's the motherfucker from the Chipmunks movies, and that's all I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> I know he does other uh, things, but that's all I could think of. Yeah, listeners, David Cross, you may remember him from... Uh, Arrested Development is yes. one big one. And uh, for me, it's Mr. Show as well, like stuff he does with Bob Odenkirk. Mm, yeah, yeah. All right, so he gives a toast, and everybody's like, because there's strange music plays. And I, one thing about this movie, I really love the musical selection. Like mm-hmm. throughout, it's always either providing the jarring juxtaposition or really getting you in the. It's anyway, this weird kind of spacey music is happening, and everyone's like looking at him like, <laughs> what the fuck? What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that's something I really loved about the white voice, too, in general, is that yeah, it is a straight-up voiceover, and you can tell, and it's very good. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so apart from the character. Uh, So he gives the toast, and then uh, Squeeze says, hey, uh, what we need is a union. We need to unionize. Fuck yeah. Hands out his pamphlets. Yep. You know, that's what it's about, man. You gotta get in there and organize. What's up next? Oh, I just wrote a note on Tessa Thompson's great t-shirt. The future is female ejaculation. Very good shirt. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I remember that. That one's, that one's a good one. And for some reason, his uncle has like a crucifix Pez dispenser for pills. I made a note of that too, but I didn't. <laughs> What's that? Nothing was addressed. So yeah, he the next day he finds out that Uncle Serge is getting foreclosed upon. And yeah, he has this like gigantic gold crucifix. It's insane. He uns- unscrews it or pops the top on it and like pulls out his diabetes medicine. I think he said it was. I it never addressed, but whatever. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> maybe I mean maybe it's like the cop, the surreal copier in the background, or maybe it's just like uh, like the earrings. Like it's just like cool. I, I mean I don't know. I kind of just appreciated it. Yeah, I mean, no, I have no idea what the commentary was. Maybe I don't either. It, it doesn't but... seem like it would be reactionary and saying like, oh, he could sell his 
crucifix and no. pay for whatever. So I don't know. Oh, do you think it's that fucking Marx quote of like religion is the opiate of the masses? That seems no, kind of on opiate the opiate is just yeah, opiate's just like feel good times. It's not like yeah. Or pain relief. It's not like, I need this to survive. It's my diabetes medicine. Yeah, but I know that quote gets like misconstrued a lot. So, mm, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, back to work, make some sales. He turns out to be really good at it once he uses his white voice. And um, there's oh, just yeah. a bunch of scenes of him celebrating <laughs> with his sleazy manager. Yeah, and, he's um, doing all these crazy end zone dances with them. It's wild with <laughs> it's him so and with weird. like Diana, the uh, the lady, mm-hmm. and they're just like all like celebrating. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, and they keep dangling the power collar thing, and this is the point where I'm like, oh, this is defo a scam. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're on the power collar track. They tell him like fast track, and then Sal's like, dude, they told me that three weeks ago. <laughs> they go back to the club. They just talk oh, to the yeah. guy. That's where Langston tells him that they're that the power collars are selling something completely different. Than oh yeah, he's like that's he basically says that's messed up shit. You know that's the Holocaust. Is, he says yeah, um, kind of a warning. You know you don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets this tiny bottle. Did you, did you write that note? I. I saw that, yeah, and I didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> I didn't either. He, He's like, like give a, me the good stuff. Yeah, and then they open a bottle of whiskey to reveal a smaller bottle of whiskey in it, and then that's what he gets. So, <laughs> do, you, do you think it's um, it's the VIP room of whiskeys? Maybe, yeah. It's the same thing, but it's smaller, more exclusive. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how most of like dining is. It's like small plates, fancy. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, maybe. Uh, when they're outside, I made a note that they, we see another worry-free ad, a billboard. Mm, yeah. It says, uh, show the world that you are a responsible baby daddy. What the Sign fuck? Up. Sign your family up for worry-free now. Yeah, just doing some casual racism in there. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, they don't run that in, uh, what is it, Fifth Avenue? You know, the, the rich places in New York. Yeah, they don't like, go they uptown don't with that. those. Yeah. They don't do that in Highland Park. <laughs> Not what they're doing. They are specifically targeting people. Yep. Uh, then we see next the next day, the left eye version of it. Show the world your response, baby. Freedom. <laughs> Hell yeah. The guy's pose is now, instead of just sitting there, I think he's got like malt liquor in his hand in the, in the previous version. Mm, yeah. They do up a chair behind him. And this is, um, this is referencing a very famous photo of Huey Newton from the Black Panthers. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah, this That's is funny. what they're referencing there. The left eye version. I thought that was cool. That is cool. I even noticed that. Back to work, and we're doing some more organizing. We got Squeeze out there giving a cool speech. Hell and yeah. And they're going to do like a full shutdown walkout. And the whole goal is they're going to put down their phones, a mini strike during peak hours. They're going to show solidarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, we make the profits and they don't share if we're going to give them our day, we need to have enough to cover our basic necessities, human dignity. This is what we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not, you're not fucking working for fun. <laughs> like, if you're going to have to work these jobs, and so many jobs, you know, the the fight for 15 recently, people mm-hmm. were talking about how even if you did make $15 an hour, like, your wages would barely be enough. Like, it's... Uh, 
Yeah. What was I mean, the, what was the math on that? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some math. Give me some I, math. I, I'm, this is just off the top of my head. But if you're working a fifteen dollars an hour for not your entire life, but I'm talking like every day, eight mm-hmm. hours a day, ten hours. Let's bump it up to ten hours a day. Ugh. And you worked since like the birth of Christ. You would not make as much money as uh, as Jeff Bezos has. <laughs> but even just that, like you, <laughs> you just can't make rent. Like it's just not enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking basic necessities and everything. Yeah. In most places, you maybe can make rent, you know. It'll maybe be a shitty, shitty, buy shitty groceries. But yeah, you're talk- at that point, you're talking a worry-free existence, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking in the bunk beds. But I mean, you're, you've got a barrack situation. You're living in a shitty apartment. You've got just enough food. You've got enough to... Go see a movie every month. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Yeah. And he even says that in the speech. Like, we don't want to have cup of noodles every night. And like, that's a big yeah. deal. People really love to tell poor people how to spend their it's, money and, mm-hmm. and saying that they don't deserve luxury things. They should just be smart about it. And it's like, people deserve nice things. They could totally have it. Yeah. That was one of the things that really started pushing me leftward back from my more liberal days mm-hmm. is the kind of the gross well, very gross policing of, or like people in the well who support kind of a welfare state more than helping the poor oftentimes want to police the poor and how they're, and they want to judge the poor and absolutely they want to be giving them something. And then in the process, do some sort of hard reforming of them, like of their Mm -hmm. soul and make them better because in some way they see them as failing. And that's like fucked up. Yeah. I mean, that's how charity works too. It it is Mm -hmm. strings attached, baby. For more on that, you should listen to <laughs> our charity episode uh, all about the the fucked up vision that is behind the world of charity. That is episode 38. I would also recommend uh, the previous two episodes, 36 and 37, because we cover open veins of Latin America and they really get into it there, too. Mm, yeah, that's true. All right. So after the strike, um, classic what? move here. We got we to gotta talk oh. about the strike itself, right? Oh, yeah. They, well, I mean, we they did it. About it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they do that. They raise, you know, they they give the speech and they put down the phones. Mm-hmm. The manager comes out there and starts the the anarchist tattoo yes. guys. And he starts yelling, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you to everybody. It's great. Uh, Cash. This is the first scene we see that Cash's photo of maybe his father. We're never told. Yeah. Um, I think it's like the second time we see it because we see him put him up the mm-hmm. first day. But yeah, it, it changes. Yeah. The first time it changes. His fist is raised now. It's so good. I love this device. He's like a barometer of is cash doing right or not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wish I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, I need I need this photo. We're, we're, next time we go to East Texas, we got to get dad to pose next to a car. <laughs> and we'll take multiple versions of it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So yeah, they do the, the walkout. And it's cool. I guess they come back. Mm -hmm. And we got a classic technique here. So uh, before they were talking about Mm -hmm. how, okay, they're going to try to single us out. They're going to try to fire us. And we're all going to like stand together and stuff like that. So that's what Cash thinks is happening. It's like, okay, you're going to fire me. Like, fuck you, whatever. (laughs) Yes. And he he literally says that. Yeah. And he starts flipping them off. And he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And then they give him a promotion. And this is another classic technique. Mm-hmm. Now, I like that because, I mean, I, th- I really think that we all should 
feel that confidence that he feels when he goes in mm-hmm. because he does say like hey i know you're gonna fire me but like fuck you like mm-hmm. my, because they've talked about it they're gonna stand by him man he's got not the union yet really but he's got his fellow workers behind him in solidarity like we all should feel that way right we all should feel powerful enough like we've got everybody behind our back we can do this we can stand up to the bosses that'd be cool if he had done that, but had nobody, if he just walked into their office, right, on a normal day. <laughs> and said, fuck you. And was just like, fuck you. Like, they would, he'd be fired. Yeah, absolutely. But in this context, they need to, like you said, pull him away from the whole solidarity of the workers there. Pull him away from this threatening union. They're scared. Instead, his reward is that he's promoted. Absolutely, yes. They're they're trying to break this apart. And the easiest way to do that is by rewarding some people for for ditching mm-hmm. and that's what they do they make him a power collar and he goes along with it he's like yeah yep. sure power collar nice <laughs> he's so excited <sighs> and the lady diana starts saying oh you're a power collar she oh starts, yeah she gets so flirty it's so gross <laughs> <laughs> uh the next day diana still kind of all over him <laughs> They lead him to the fancy elevator, which we've yeah. seen a few times. And it's... It's insane. <laughs> it's, it's really played for laughs. <laughs> yeah, they, she enters like 15, 20 numbers. I don't even know how many. For like a straight minute, she's entering numbers on the mm-hmm. keypad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just like, oh, it's very secure. Yeah. And then the elevator starts talking to him. Yeah, it gives like a weird motivational speech. It's so weird. I, I don't understand. So it tells yeah. him he's in a sexual prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets really gross. Uh, and he ends up in the power calling suite. Yes. And this is where we've seen this guy around by the fancy elevator, but now we actually get to meet him. What's his name again? Oh, they bleep it. Mr. Blank. Yeah. Mr. Blank. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, they bleep this guy's name, which is hilarious. But yeah, this guy, uh, is wearing an eye patch, a bowler and has like a full on walrus mustache. Yeah. Very 19th century. (laughs) (laughs) It's a look. And so, yeah, he kind of gives him the introduction, first of all, white voice at all times. Mm-hmm. They, he kind of gives him the rundown. Of just, I mean, they're selling weapons yep. and they're selling worry-free workers. Yep. Slave labor. And private security, too. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. private security as well. And uh, Cash is even like, wait, so I'm, I'm selling slave labor? And he's like, you're smart, dude. Yeah, we are, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he just admits it. This, um... I, I like this because this is the where the big bucks are in Regal View. Mm-hmm. This is where the big bucks are in capitalism, too. Someone has to do this. And mm-hmm. we don't hear about it. We don't see it. But it happens. And, yeah. And I also love the contrast between the two offices, too. <laughs> like, oh, the other yeah. one's Cube Land. And this one's, like, trendy Brooklyn loft style shit. Yeah. All the windows and everything. The other place is just yeah. underground, literally. Yeah. They can... Make a car for the cost it used to cost to make a bicycle. Slave labor helps with that. Yeah, man, I think so. And Cash is like, fuck this. This this sucks. I can't do this. I can't. Well, you know, I can't. can't." And then he shows him the salary. Says, I got to get some new suits. He's just like, fine. Sells out. So bad. So bad. Here's the thing. I mean, like most of us aren't faced with this level of of options like there aren't that many i mean there's probably a lot there's probably more than i think there are but there's not that many like arms dealers out there like (laughs) doing this but i mean we all are faced with like shitty options you know like Mm -hmm. i don't know 
That's true. A lot of people have to work for corporations that they would rather not work for. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that do or buy shit. products that you mm-hmm. you know think are unethical. We say it all the time. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism. There's just there's not like, and I think there's degrees of it, but yeah, you're never gonna get away from it without like exploiting somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, even before that, he was still working for this company that was doing this thing. He was just Mm -hmm. exploited by them worse, which, you know, doesn't necessarily make you any better. Yeah. We cut away during this time. We cut away to somebody vandalizing a worry-free sign, and we find out. Hell, yeah. It's Detroit. It's my girl. She's so great. Uh, The next scene, she's kind of getting flirty with Squeeze, which, like, can't blame you. Squeeze comes up, yeah, and he's like say what's up basically and she's kind of like you know i'm with cash he, you know she says she's with him because he's real you know he's not mm-hmm. fake and squeeze says he's a good influence but he's yeah he's very mr steal your girl here he's and then he doesn't pick her up oh yeah she's like i'm waiting for cash cash works late instead and so mm. she has to bum a ride because he's like so obsessed with this new job now mm-hmm. you know he's he's doing the whole work obsessed with work thing yeah and then he finally goes to meet her at her studio because she's working on her show Mm -hmm. and this makes me so mad because i as a gemini cannot stand to be ignored um (laughs) he like (laughs) asks her about her show and she's like explaining all this shit about how it's about Uh capitalism and africa and all this stuff and he's just like zoning out and i'm like oh my gosh first off i'd be so mad you didn't pick me up like i would already be like not talking to you secondly you're gonna ignore me like what the (laughs) fuck yeah she handles it real gracefully, but she's he's very just, nice. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, zoned out. And then he's like, capitalism in Africa is booming. And she's like, no, that was not what it was. But whatever. That's, that was not the point. <laughs> he just wanted to steal her weed. And he, yeah, he's just, he's just not interested. She's presenting this kind of like, you know, art that is, she's explaining it, I guess, as being kind of radical. Like I mm-hmm. said, kind of criticizing capitalism. And we'll revisit that, I guess, topic later. Yes. Yes. I, I think there were some interesting points made. Re her art. Uh, the next scene we've got is the demonstration outside of Regal View. Mm-hmm. And Cash walks up in a suit, being an asshole. One thing I do love though is he gets into this weird uh, aggressive complimenting with Sal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you love smell that. great. What are you wearing? Yeah. I want to start doing this with people. <laughs> <laughs> I hope oh. you have a great year. it's very good but he has this he has this line that he says when they're confronting him and saying dude what the fuck you should be here with us Mm -hmm. he says my success has nothing to do with you keep doing what you're doing and i'll root for you from the sidelines oh that sucks but i feel it (laughs) it's presented to us in this stark way we can see clearly cash mm-hmm. is being a dick right mm-hmm. but we've also all been in his position and are in some degree to some degree like in that position currently i mean i feel like i yeah. am somewhat oh me too yeah right? i i think because we're placed in this like survivalist environment it is very hard to step away from that and be able to go support other people yeah like, I can't afford to be a full-time, like, activist. Like, I wouldn't right. be able to have a job then. I'm not, yeah, I'm not organizing, doing anything revolutionary besides, like, this, I guess. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just going into my job, like, just doing that. Like, mm-hmm. that's not, I'm with the movement, but I'm on the sidelines, kind of yeah. just like he said. Yeah, I felt that one, too. I was like, oof, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he goes into work. The golden elevator tells him something about, <laughs> about masturbation. Yeah, it's weird. His pheromones, all this weird shit. <laughs> but he gets, he, he's successful. He mm-hmm. does this pitch to this uh, Japanese business guy, makes a bunch of money, and then there's kind of a, mo- a success montage. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Just guzzling champagne and shit. He pays off his uncle's house. Mm-hmm. Gets a cool car instead of the one with the windshield wipers that he's got to pull. <laughs> yeah. I love the scene where uh, they're in his like garage apartment and like pieces of furniture oh. start opening up to become yeah. nicer pieces of furniture. I love that. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. So many good touches in this movie. For sure. Yeah, that was that was a good scene. Everything's yeah. unfolding and then also like wrapping around them and stuff. And they end up in this like fancy apartment instead. You know, he turns on the TV and sees worry-free again. There's like three channels, by the way, at least that he yeah. changes between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's worry-free. I got the shit kicked out of me and the news. Yeah. He sees the news where they have the picket line. They're on strike. Yeah. Uh, and they periodically just, you know, every day, pretty much, they bring the strike breakers in and mm-hmm. they bust through there to move in the power collars. Himself included. Yeah. And this is where he argues with Tessa. Yeah, and this kicks off when he uses his white voice without realizing it. Yeah, oh, that sucks. And she says, that's a problem. <laughs> Absolutely it is, yeah. And so they, they start having this argument, and I think this is kind of where, like, the, the art conversation comes back in, too. But, you know, she's like, what the fuck? Like, you used to be real. You used to be, like, on their side. Like, you can't do this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then he accuses her of not being real, basically being like, you're selling your work to like rich white people. So like, fuck off. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Cause he's kind of like, it's in the context of him saying the union drive, all that, that's not going to do anything. Just like your art isn't going to do anything. Mm. He's basically saying kind of like, why bother? And I mean, I, I get being jaded to that degree. Yeah. Thinking that none of it's going to actually change things, but it is, really bullshit to say that when 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 you you have completely abandoned even trying to like be an ally to the workers cause at all like you can't just say well fuck it i'm just gonna support capitalism yeah he went way the fuck the other way (laughs) he's literally selling slave labor like there's no excuse for that yeah and he also says what isn't slave labor like dude you are right but you can't say that as a justification for selling actual literal slave labor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's very much slippery slope nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Also, the picture here at this point is disappointed. He's got the picture nearby, mm, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, face in palm, disappointed. Yeah. And Detroit lays down an ultimatum, and she says. You go to work and you cross the picket line. I'm down. This man's an idiot. Who wouldn't want to be with this girl? And yeah. And like the very next scene is he's just like going to cross the picket line like an asshole. What a dumb fuck. It's Tessa Thompson. Count your blessings, sir. (laughs) His dad's picture or the the picture. We don't really know, but it's thumbs down when he gets into Mm -hmm. the office. It's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Wrong choice. (laughs) Uh, and then the next day, he he just does some office shit. And then the next day is where he is made famous. <laughs> yeah, he gets hit in the head with, with a Coke can uh, by one of the protesters. She yells, uh, have a cola and smile, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and 
gross. I can't. Uh, I love where this this storyline goes. It's insane. It's wild. So he ends up bleeding from the head. He's got a headband on for the rest of it and gets invited to a party with Steve Lift, the CEO. Yes. So he ends up having to go to, I guess now is kind of ex-girlfriend's mm-hmm. art show. And I want to talk about this art show. Yes. Let's, it's, a, it's an important scene. So she's using her white voice here. She's got a British accent. Yeah. yeah, she has a British accent now, and she's trying to sell her pieces. And it's really clever because, you know, early in that argument, he was like, you're just selling this shit to white people. So, like, mm-hmm. there is some of that here. Yeah. But also, she's just trying to fucking survive, too. So, like, I don't know. I don't give her a lot of shit for that. I mean, she didn't enslave anybody to <laughs> exactly. make her art pieces, you know? Exactly. Everything's nuanced. I mean, it's still... You know, she's still pandering, I guess, to unsavory elements. Mm-hmm. But again, she, this is something she's she's like the old, you know, pre-capitalist artisans because like she's it's just her. You know, it's not really mm-hmm. she hasn't exploited anyone. She's not a small business owner. Yeah, she's just so. making shit. I really like her art. And I don't know. I was obviously very defensive of her character. Yeah. And, you know, she does this really fucking weird performance art where like people throw uh, broken cell phones, empty bullet casings, and water balloons of sheep's blood at her. And it's uh-huh. insane. Uh, I was watching this with Kyle, and he's like, I'm so confused right now. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's the point. Yeah, so, I was like, this is a very weird movie. <laughs> yeah. And she's just wearing gloves as well. Yeah, and then, like, Cassius fucking stops it, and she's like, you dumb fuck, this was the point. And, like, it was it was weird. Okay, so let's dive into it. The performance is prefaced Mm -hmm. by a speech about how cell phones are produced using this element that's only in Africa, and then that causes hardship Mm -hmm. and violence and everything. So everything's supposed to kind of represent that, I guess. Yeah. Cassius comes up and says, like, what the fuck? Stop. You know, you know, how are you doing this sort of thing? Mm -hmm. He says, you're kind of debasing yourself. Like, how do you let this happen? You know, she tells him to fuck off, like, basically. Yeah. What is your read on why he did that? Is he doing this like paternalistically, like he controls her in some way, or does he like, is he able to see this from his perspective? He thinks that this is debasing her in a way that he can't see that he's debasing himself at his job. Ooh, I I like the second one. I read it as the first one, Mm -hmm. you know, on my first watch. And yeah, it was very much just like a protective thing. I think it's it's not understanding performance art. And I, I think the point, of that was to say like yeah we are debasing all these people through these materials and now let's debase a real person in front of you like you're going to be part of that violence towards a real person in front of you by throwing it at me the artist he couldn't handle seeing it up close he couldn't handle it being not an abstraction you know far away in africa do you wonder I, i don't know i guess then my next thing is I thought the performance art might have been very ineffective to the crowd. I don't know how much of that Mm. they got and how much of that they were just like, oh, this is cool. Let's throw things at a hot lady. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might have been. Um, It's hard to tell because, I mean, I think she definitely had her like leftist friends there. Like we see Squeeze. We see like friends from Regal View. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, she definitely had the white hipster crowd there, too. So, I don't know. That that is... The upsetting thing about the art world is you are, it's very difficult to make truly leftist art because either you're making it for leftists who don't have enough money to pay you 
Mm -hmm. Or you are making it and some rich asshole buys it because it's like they don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's a tough one. Uh, We'll see that later at Lyft's place. Wait, where? Uh, Steve Lyft, the CEO. He's actually Mm. got a, he's got a left eye billboard there that he bought or that oh yeah he's got like that. hidden away or something so i forgot about that they do partake of this <sighs> you know of the mural of them getting beheaded by the guillotine like they that's a cool thing for them <laughs> i don't know it's very interesting to see her perspective of it because she obviously wants to make change with her art but is still stuck in in making art for consumption too yeah, I do. Th- I now do think that this is great because she hits a dead end, dead end with what she can do mm-hmm. in the art world. And like these different characters are kind of like they cannot do, they cannot make change on their own. We'll have to see later on that they can make change together. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the important part of a character. Like if she had just kept, you know, in the gallery and that's all she did, that'd mm-hmm. be a different character. But she ends up getting more like physically involved. Yeah, yeah. So, Cash leaves. The next scene, we've got Steve Lift's party. The party starts out with Lift doing a huge line of cocaine. <laughs> I was watching this with Kyle, and he was like, that much cocaine would kill you. That is an eight ball of coke. <laughs> Absolutely would kill you. It just looked huge to me. I had no idea if that if I like was correct or not. But <laughs> Yeah, it was way too much. <laughs> and... I love the what they what Boots Riley brings out in this party. Yes, there's so many I mean, layers. Oh yeah, uh, I mean I want to talk about the racism first. Yes. <laughs> okay, it, great. Because it immediately happens as soon as Mister Blank walks in. Yeah, yeah. He immediately is just like, "Oh, what what's up?" and like starts talking to him completely differently. It's it's so uncomfortable. He calls him a chocolate motherfucker. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and, and he, inter- you know, Mister Blank introduces Cash, and Lyft just straight up is like looking at him, kind of askance. Yeah, and he goes, know? "It's okay, he's friendly." What yeah. the fuck? That's <laughs> just you know this. Uh, you know, Lyft would never do this on a TV interview or anything. He would be the urbane, Mm-mm. the liberal, the you know, the oh, yeah. post-racist, the linen scarf. There. Yeah. <laughs> But when he's in this space that he controls, you get that out in the open. Absolutely. And then there's this whole horrifyingly uncomfortable scene where they bring Cash in and sit Mm. him in the front of the room. They're like, tell us about the hood. And it's like, what the fuck? They tell him, uh, (laughs) ask him if he's ever had to bust a cap in anybody's ass. (laughs) He's just like, uh, no. (laughs) Show us some of that (laughs) Oakland gangster shit. And then they just start chanting for him to rap. And, like, it's so insane. Yeah. Because, like, he, he ends up saying yes because he's, like, pressured, mm-hmm. obviously. Well, yeah, he's pressured because initially he's like, I don't have any stories like that. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, give us something. And what you boil this down to is, like, we didn't bring you here because you're a human being like us. Give us some entertainment. Absolutely. You know, like, provide the service that we expect from you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So... Uh, he ends up, he starts trying to rap, and it's really, really bad. And then he ends up just saying the N-word over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it was so amazing to watch because yes. it is just literally him performing for these white people, 
giving them what they think black culture is, and then giving them permission to repeat it back because they start singing along. They're all going through to it. And like, I love it because Mr. Blank is looking around like just Mm -hmm. kind of shocked. He's just like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It is just full on. I mean, it's just like a puppet show kind of thing. It's so freaky. It's just like, yeah, dance for me. It's insane. I love this again because this film is clearly focusing on the class angle but also the race angle you know again it's like you know i really hate when people are trying to reduce to one or the other and me too it's got to be this and this you know it's it's clear because the character mr blank is completely unsympathetic from a class perspective but Mm -hmm. in the in these scenes he is like trying to stick up for defend cash cash in some way he's Mm -hmm. clearly uncomfortable as well like he's in that with you know as far as the race angle goes so like they they portray both of them i guess is what i mean yeah and and this is what a lot of modern corporate culture is it is bringing on diverse people just so you can say you have diverse people it is then exploiting them for their stories and so you can make yourself seem like a better brand yeah Mm -hmm. super gross (sighs) that was wild uh we have a we have a cutaway (laughs) scene to uh Detroit and Squeeze. Getting it on. Getting their squeeze on. Yeah. Who can blame her? Squeeze is cool and a union organizer, not a scab. And so, I mean. Yeah. That's the checklist right there. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. So, uh, when we come back to the party, like, it's basically just orgy time, Mm -hmm. apparently. Yeah. Um, And I was watching this with Kyle, and we had just watched Snowpiercer together. I convinced him to watch it. And he's like, these are just such front of the trainers. And I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, from Snowpiercer. I was like, oh, you're right. They totally are. Yes. We should start calling the bourgeoisie front of the trainers now. (laughs) Such front of the trainers. (laughs) Uh, um, But yeah, there's an orgy going on. Yeah. And then uh, Mr. Blank comes up, and he's not using his white voice. And he basically just tells Cash, like, okay, uh, Mr. What's the guy's name? Mr. Lift. Yeah, Lift. Mr. Mm-hmm. Lift wants to see you. And yeah, it it's really interesting because I, I think because of that earlier scene, he kind of broke a little bit and he just now kind of wants to care for Cash. And yeah. it's like, look, I'm going to be real with you. Like, this is fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. I do appreciate what he says here because he says, you know, we don't cry about the shit that could be. We just thrive on what is and what is opportunity and it basically tells him don't fuck it up you know yeah i i think you see this a lot in in like uh immigrant culture too there's definitely Mm -hmm. this pressure to succeed at all costs i know that's definitely something we were raised with which is like look we understand that shit sucks but we don't have an option like you fucking have to go to college you have you have to do this and you know those options were made very clear to us from a very very young age like we were told Hey, we don't have money so for much. school. It was just, yeah, it was just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there was this pressure to, to make money and to succeed and have, you know, a better life and all that stuff. So you don't and dig ditches is how I was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is how we were raised. And <laughs> which sucks because one, it, it tries to divide class by saying people who dig ditches don't deserve to have nice things. Yeah. And two, it doesn't acknowledge that like, it, I mean, it doesn't acknowledge how fucked that is, I guess. Yeah, that's true. It was most of a work within the system because it's there and that's it. It's just, it's hustle culture, but like, and it comes from good intentions, absolutely, but it, it doesn't acknowledge like the systemic issue, I guess, is, is the main thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. 
I was just thinking about it, like talking about, you know, don't cry about the shit that could, that should be or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how, and think about how shitty it is. Just kind of work with what you've got. It's like, I don't know. A lot of times for me, I'm think I am thinking about how (laughs) shitty it is, you know, same. The world is dying and killing us along with it. And our country is crushing us and crushing the rest of the world even worse. And, and, you know, I, I, I get to come here and, and, you know, sing the hymns about the way things should be. But then, I, you know, the rest of the week I get to go live in our dystopia. Um, and even here, <laughs> half our conversations end with, oh, that was a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's not a, it's not 100 percent like a horror show in anyone's no. life. Right. Like there are good things and our jobs aren't even 100 percent terrible. You know? No. Yeah. But, like I'm very comfortable. I think for me, that's that's kind of the horror of it is because I am personally doing pretty well but then I I understand mm-hmm. and like can empathize and it's very hard for me to compartmentalize but yes. I have to because otherwise I'd be laying around all day being like there's so many people dead that don't have to be there's a great quote from the abolitionist Frederick Douglass that mm-hmm. is kind of exactly what you're saying here um, and it's I think it's what kind of the dark night of the soul that Cash is going through when he's sitting there Mm-hmm. And he's thinking, you know, I've got this nice job and everything, but what the fuck mm-hmm. is, here's the quote. In thinking of America, I sometimes find myself admiring her bright blue sky, her grand old woods, her fertile fields, her beautiful rivers, her mighty lakes, and star-crowned mountains. But my rapture is soon checked, my joy is soon turned to mourning, when I remember that all is cursed with the infernal spirit of slaveholding, robbery, and wrong. When I remember yeah. that with the waters of her noblest rivers, the tears of my brethren are borne to the ocean, disregarded and forgotten, and that her most fertile fields drink daily of the warm blood of my outraged sisters, I'm filled with unutterable loathing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't understand how people can can, I mean, one, feel patriotic anymore. Like, that is a foreign fucking concept to me. But yeah, I I feel like I've talked about this before. I feel like for me, being leftist is a lot about having um, a ton of cynicism in the current system and a ton of fucking hope and optimism for a different system and just trying to find a balance in between. Yeah, that's yeah, good way to put it is balance because you can't be be utopian all the the time. Well, yeah, but you can't be 100 percent thinking about like, yeah, but there is suffering going on because (laughs) you just will not survive. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's not good I mean, for you. You can't cry about how shit should be all the time. You do have to, like you said, compartmentalize. But I don't think, you know, because Blank follows it up with hustle culture and just says, like, just mm-hmm. just grind. Like, you'll be fine. It's like, just take advantage of it. Yeah. All right. We, shit gets weird. <laughs> yeah. So he goes, he goes down to meet Lyft and he takes what appears to be some more cocaine. Mm-hmm. And it's off this this plate that has a horse on it. <laughs> it's, you know, that's just a... And he has some other horse accoutrement in his... Yeah, I noticed that. In his office, so... <laughs> this guy loves horses. Which he's just chilling in his office, like, during his orgy party. Also strange, but... Very strange. <laughs> it gives him a pitch and says, you know what? Come work for worry-free. Watch this video. It's going to be great. And Cash is like, no, I gotta pee. Yeah. So he tells him to go to the jade door and 
<laughs> he goes down another green door, which we the find out apparently is Olive. green doors, though. <laughs> what made me so mad is that afterwards, like, that's Olive. I'm like, no, it's not. That's very that's clearly like a, Kelly, a Jane That's door, a yeah. Kelly green. It's not Jay. Oh. It's not Olive. <laughs> I was me. just, you know, uncultured swine American. I was just like, <laughs> oh, they're all green. <laughs> um, Jade has more of a blue tone. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> so he goes in this door, and this is... This is insane. So he, there's someone in the stall and is like, can you help me? And he goes up to it and it busts open and there's this fucking horse mutant freak with a gigantic schlong. Yeah. It's horrifying. I started screaming and looking away. I, I was very <laughs> it's, it's very disturbing the first time you see it. It's, I mean, this is the big like sci-fi twist is holy shit, yes. horse people. Yes, because like we've been talking like up to this point, like this has all been pretty believable stuff. Like, yeah, some of it's exaggerated, but it's very believable. And I'm like, well, this took a turn. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) He's laying on the ground, begging for help, saying he's in pain. And I mean, Cash very understandably runs the fuck away. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. And Lyft comes up to him with a gun. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, and is like, come on and talk to me. If you'd seen the video, it'd be fine. I'm like, what What video would make that fine? It's perfectly explainable. Yeah, like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Are you serious? <laughs> he shows him this insane... I love this video, though. The claymation is fantastic, first yes. of all. Um, I love that it's like a sexy, hairy cave woman giving us this I was, talk. Yeah, like all the, the cave women in there in the initial scene, and then this lady, like their boobs are like swinging around or something. It's so funny. <laughs> so they, they explain this horrible logic of, you know, oh, we've always used tools, and mm-hmm. what are tools but like an extension of bodies? Bodies are basically tools. And I love how they just brutally show like a murder in the mm-hmm. first scene. It's how mm-hmm. they already depict, you know, how they conceptualize of this is just murder. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, you know, the human body has limits. And so basically they're, they're making horse people. <laughs> yeah. Modifying humans for labor in this way, making them stronger, more obedient, more durable, and therefore more efficient and profitable. <laughs> Insane. Ah, <laughs> uh, I loved that. And yeah, so these are called the Equisapiens. Yes. And after the first part of the video, Cash is like, what the fuck? (laughs) He's just like, so you're making half human, half horse fucking things so you can make more money. And he's like, yeah, basically. He asks this like, tell me this isn't true. You cannot be this insane. And yeah, Lyft is just like, doesn't miss a beat. He's just like, yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. You got it. He also says i love this defense because he says i just didn't want you to think i was crazy that i was doing this for no reason because this isn't irrational like Insane. that was his defense was that yeah what that it is makes for sense. money i did this for a reason so it's okay <laughs> it's insane at that point cash tries to leave he's just mm-hmm. like i'm getting the fuck out dude this is yeah. fucked up uh and lift Tells him it's not an option and just like points him with his gun back to the seat. And I love yeah. this because like this is your boss, but he's hit, you know, heretofore been all buddy, buddy. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He's your boss. And ultimately, yeah. you know, Capital wants to be your friend, wants to do it with a smiley face. Ultimately, it's got you at gunpoint. I mean, yes, absolutely. So uh, he puts 
cash back in his place and they show him the second part of the video. Yeah. Uh, the fusing catalyst. Oh, yes. And this is where we realize. <laughs> because it snorted. Is, it snorted. And Cash is like, I just fucking snorted something. Am I going to turn into a horse? And it's, oh, this is so bad. Because like, I okay, first time you watched this, were you like, yes, it's Coke. Yes, it's horse. I was like, yes, it's horse. Okay. Once he did that, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's totally, he totally fucked him over. I thought at so first. too. I was like, absolutely, he's going to be a horse. This at this point, we'll we'll keep track of this yeah. theory. <laughs> and then Lyft tells him, he's he, you know, chill, 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 chill. It's just your adrenaline. He literally says, "I wouldn't do that. I'm not evil." <laughs> <laughs> this man is insane. So much denial in this man. And at that point, I was kind of thinking, yeah, maybe he didn't do it. You know, I mean, like he has been taking it easy right now. He hasn't really just been like fuck you i'm doing this to you so maybe he didn't Mm, i don't know yeah this point yeah i was i was hopeful i'm like man i because i didn't know you also don't know how fast it works too so you're like okay maybe not maybe Mm -hmm. maybe it's fine yeah and he calms cash down and tells him look what we just watched in the video that's the future of labor Okay, they're bigger, they're stronger, they they hopefully gripe a lot less, is what he says. <laughs> so upsetting. I mean, the capitalist dream right there, you know? Yeah, right. But even then, he still admits, like, eventually they're mm-hmm. going to want to organize. And yeah. so what we want is someone on the inside. <laughs> we want a Martin Luther King for them. What the fuck? <sighs> what the fuck? <laughs> More just like blatant rage, because he doesn't know. He has no idea of any other black leader that, or anything like that. He has Mm-mm. no idea about Fred Hampton or Malcolm X or anybody. He also doesn't know that Martin Luther King was like pro-labor and like would not have been yeah. okay with horse people. Uh-huh. Exactly. He just tossed out a name like, oh, that was a black leader, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, Cash is like, wait, you want me to be like a false leader for the horse people, but actually work for you? Yep. Yes. That's the plan. <laughs> why why me because you're an asshole he tells him basically he just like because you you would stab your friends in the back to get what you want and i'm I'm like damn fair enough yeah (laughs) you got him well so my thought at this point was because i was still like okay he's probably going to turn into a horse i was like is this what they do with all of the like power callers or something like we find people who work really hard and are really motivated by work and then turn them into horses oh that was my original theory. But then, yeah. then they started talking about this part, like, of him being a, a secret <laughs> double crosser or whatever. Yeah. Cash is like, fuck this. And Lyft says, no, 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 man. It's it's easy. It's it's five years. $100 yeah. million. Dollars. Plus, not only that, you get to have a horse dick. <laughs> which was a perk from his apparently, point of view. <laughs> apparently. And then he said that they have like a reverse serum, which I did not believe. I, I don't think they do. <laughs> and Cash is just like, nah, man, you made that up, right? There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I didn't think much of it, I guess, in the initial thing. But but yeah, I don't think they, they probably have didn't have one. And then we get to the next day. So he can't find his phone. He calls on his house phone, though, for some reason. He has a house phone. Why does he have a house phone? I don't know, but he calls somebody, but he doesn't have his phone. I think that's the only reason why he had a Probably, house phone. yeah. Calls up a reporter, <laughs> tells them the whole thing. I mean, if you're any sort of conspiracy theorist on anything, 
or, you know, you know a little bit more about history than some people, you know, you know about like American misdeeds all over the world. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can get in this position where you're telling somebody totally the truth, but they think you're crazy. <laughs> this happened to me. I learned about MK Ultra a while back and I was like, uh-huh. that's like not real, right? And Kyle was like, no, that's absolutely real. And like, I went down a horrifying Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It's it so was insane. very scary. We were watching a, a documentary on um, the Unabomber and mm-hmm. he apparently had been part of that. So that's yep. how I found out. I'm like, what the fuck? I should not have to learn this from like a Netflix uh, drama about the Unabomber. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Cash uh, tries to tell this reporter about the horse plan. Gets hung up on. And we see the, the Halloween costume for the first time. <laughs> you can be the have a cola and smile bitch guy for Halloween, which includes a fucking Afro wig with a Coke can like taped to it. Yeah, it's like a DIY costume. <laughs> it's horrifying. We see him again, but it's just like just more blatant racism. Yeah. He ends up waiting at the doctor's office. We find out that this is in a quest to find out if his dick has gotten bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but in the waiting room, he sees that the uh, the lady that had thrown the coat can at him, who had been like a left eye person, uh-huh. like made a deal. Uh, the news is talking about an ad for her, an ad deal with Soda Cola. Yeah, yeah. She gets famous off of it, which is just, I thought it was a really good messaging of like, yeah, like leftists, big, you know, kind of ditching because they become popular. <laughs> yeah, getting big and, for, you know, getting so much money to um, an amount of money that could buy four white babies. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> what if I, this is a little bit of world building here for, you know, those of you DMs out there. Uh, <laughs> just toss in stuff like that in the background because like, what a world, man. You can just purchase babies. <laughs> just cross out like. Uh, where it says platinum on your character sheet and just write white babies. That's your new currency system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't deal in gold pieces. We deal in WBs, white babies. <laughs> uh, I also like a little gem here is that he was reading a copy of the National Enquirer. Oh, yeah, where it says that they're doing, they're making horse people. Uh-huh. They're right on the money. And uh, the headline is horse people stealing jobs from slaves. And it's oh. just, you know, are we concerned that someone's making horse people? Yeah, a little. Are we concerned that there are slaves? No, not at all. Mm-mm. What we're concerned is the stealing jobs, stealing jobs. economy angle. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, I like that it kind of broke in the Inquirer first, because mm-hmm. it does get to that idea of, like, conspiracy theories often have a grain of truth to them. Mm-hmm. After the doctor's office, he goes to see Detroit. Mm-hmm. She confirms the dick size, yep. that it has not changed. And then it turns out she got a video message from his phone, which was lost, and it's the horse people asking for help. Yeah. And we see Lyft in it, too, so he's, like, directly implicated. And he says, I'll turn you into glue. <laughs> so they're freaking out. They're like, what the fuck do we do? This is insane. And they get back together. It was, well, they don't really get back together. They hook up. Not really. They, yeah, they, they fuck. <laughs> and I thought this was interesting because it's, you know, Detroit makes it clear it's a, it's a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. Cash is like, oh, but I've changed. And she's like, that's cool, you know, but this is still a one-time thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was good. It's just, it subverts kind of the classic movie thing of just being like, oh, you're good now. Great. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's make up. And 
she mentions that she's messed around with someone. Yeah. And he gets like defensive and shit. Yeah. And it's like, you guys had fucking broken up. Like whatever. Yeah. She, she no, did. she rightfully is just like, whatever. Like, don't get upset. Like, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Then what do we see? What do we see? What do we see? Um, her art piece the next day. Oh yeah. She's running away from it. And then we see, uh, it is a representation of lift fucking a horse <laughs> and the horse says worry free is turning workers into horses <laughs> and people are like what does it mean and then she's there and she's like maybe the artist meant it literally <laughs> <laughs> i love Which that. i love uh but it's really interesting like we see kind of the limitations of of art in in making change especially like kind of more subjective art like this where people will misinterpret it because I, to me, this one's really blatant because it's got a sign on there that says worry-free <laughs> is turning workers into horses. Yeah, but people will still look at it and be like, maybe it's a metaphor. <laughs> because they want to see something as more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, if you see something that says, you know, kill capitalists, burn down the system, you'd be like, well, this is just kind of expressing the outrage that we feel in our day-to-day lives that gets subsumed, blah, 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 blah. And you start talking on you know, four and five dimension deep uh, analysis of it that mm-hmm. dances you around the actual message of what they're trying to say. Yeah, that's why I can't play the fine arts game. I, I go to comics where it's like, I'm literally telling you a story about what's happening. Like, you you got to see what for what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's narration, there's dialogue, there's fucking arrows. Like, you got to understand <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm telling you what to think. It's just capitalism sucks arrows 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 all arrows, arrows, arrows. i wonder what this means <laughs> <laughs> what happens next cash uh has an encounter with a guy in the street gets pegged with a with some soda falls down on his face some days you have i mean you have days like that sometimes man <laughs> <laughs> well this is the point that where he runs after the car and i'm like is he gonna catch the car because i was like is he horse Oh, I didn't even think of that. Whoa. Yeah, because he looked like he was running fast. I couldn't tell. Like, they didn't lean into it too far. It was, it was just enough suspense for me. He may have been. But then he kind of, he just, you know, he's he resolves at this point. He's like, fuck this. He signs up to be on the game show. I got the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> he goes through, you know, he gets the shit kicked out of him. He gets covered in shit. And he's like, I'm on here, so you'll show the clip. They uh, also play the Coke ad Yes. And a girl before this. And it really yeah. reminded me of the Pepsi Black Lives Matter ad. Oh, that's absolutely what that is. And I mean, like she didn't even have to wait to, you know, to die to be whitewashed, you know, as a revolutionary or whatever. She just straight up abandoned. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So they he goes on this media circuit. And I love this. I oh, This is absolutely yes. perfect. Mm-hmm. He goes on this thing. He's like, fucking, he goes on all the late night shows and he's like, fucking call your Congress people and yeah. do all this. Look at what's happening. Get outraged. Mm-hmm. Call them. Let's make change. And then they cut to fucking the stock market being way high and <laughs> fucking these two um, the House and Senate representatives. Leaders. Yeah. Like both celebrating, both a Republican and a Democrat. And I was like, mm, that is mm, juicy, delicious chef's kiss accurate. Yeah. They're celebrating the genius CEO. They're ringing the bell for Wall Street. The argument here is clear an appeal to authority will not help. Yeah. And I love how Squeeze puts it in the next scene. He's like, dude. You're telling people to do something they know isn't going to work. Yeah, like, they're not going to, that's not going to do anything. 
Yeah. Because uh, worry-free, it, you know, like you said, it gets endorsed by both parties. It gets endorsed by the market. You know what else enjoyed such bipartisan support that it was written into our Constitution for so long? Slavery. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the, the, the recourse for that was popular action, was getting out in the streets and demanding it, was yeah. eventually, you know, bullying the government into into making it happen only once you had already kicked out half the country. Like, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, I I just love how this movie shows the limitations of other ways to get to things. Like you can't hustle your way out of Mm the situation. You can't art your way out of the situation. You can't call your congressman out out of the situation. Like there's only one solution to this. I love that that they tackle it. Yeah. And it's, and it seems, mm, this is a fast movie, man. Like this. Oh yeah, it goes places. <laughs> less than two hours, and so much, so many things are covered. But I do think that it's it's use it's necessary mm-hmm. to cover these different bases and saying, like you said, art doesn't work alone, hustling doesn't work alone. Like all these things can be useful in a personal Diversity sense. Diversity doesn't work alone. Mm-hmm. Just like getting, you know, hiring more black people, like. You can't just do that. That doesn't make you a good company, clearly. The real thing that works is the organizing coupling with these, yeah, with these mm-hmm. other things. So he meets with Squeeze and Sal. Mm, yeah. And they're just like, yeah, come on back, which is very cool of them. He apologizes, <laughs> too. I mean, he does yeah, say, yeah, he like, does. I, was a, I was an asshole, you know. Like Detroit mentioned earlier, you're coming around to this because they fucked you over directly. Yeah, I mean, I think that... Boots Riley also does a really good job of portraying everybody is kind of like not perfect. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. like got something that they could work on or whatever. Nobody's a saint here that we have to aspire to be. We have to aspire to be this perfect, you know, saintly revolutionary that will make everything happen. Like regular people can do this. Yeah. I don't know. Squeeze is a little bit saintly. He tries to steal somebody's girl, but like, whatever. It's a, that's a minor issue. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that that is, however, presented as kind of like a untrustworthy in the personal life sort of thing. Because this oh, is happening before. I did before, not care about it. Well, I mean, it's happening before they're even broken up. And he kind of knows that they're seeing each other and he's still coming on to her. But he asks, he's like, what's your deal? Because he doesn't know what if they're poly or like open relationship. Well, I thought that was yeah. a very respectful flirt. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Plus, I'm biased towards him because he's a great Union Revolutionary guy. Exactly. Uh, also. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's cute. So yeah, it's fine. True, true. So we see Cash breaking into um, Lyft's mansion because he uses like the code he saw in the video mm-hmm. to get in there. Well, yeah. And, and a couple other things he prepares with. He goes to the, Cash goes to the football team, talks to them. Oh, yeah. And uh, Detroit is using a dolly to move a bunch of statues yes yes and then we get to the confrontation (laughs) the confrontation by the way is we find out what the name of these uh of these armed thugs are stackwater okay what does that come from so this has to be a reference to blackwater which gained a lot of infamy from doing fucked up shit during the iraq war they were employed Mm -hmm. by the uh american government they are however still around Mm. Uh, they're not called Blackwater anymore. They've changed their name, name a couple of times. Now they're called Academy. They're still a private military <laughs> company. And uh, they were founded by a guy called Eric Prince, who is the, the brother to the former uh, education secretary, Betsy DeVos. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> that's nasty. Yeah, that's stack water. Great. <laughs> Horrifying. In real life, they were called black water. In this world, stack water. Yeah. That has to be who they're talking about, though. Uh, yeah, probably. So, yeah, we have... Uh, well, I think it's weird that the protesters are now wearing the wigs with the Coke on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's, I don't know if I'd go that far. Maybe I mean, I guess they're co-opting it, but. No idea. That was just a touch, I think. Yeah, weird move. And um, so, yeah, they do this big fucking protest. The Well, they're doing a strike still, right? Well, yeah, yeah, a strike, I guess, yeah. And uh, the cops can start trying to beat them up and shit so that they can get their power collars through. They charge in. And blam, statues. Yeah, I love that. Oh, it's very good. Then they're like, okay, they're regrouping, but then blam, football team. Oh, very good. So like we're seeing, like we're using art to bolster bolster this protest. We're using the community to mm-hmm. bolster this protest. Like yeah. all these people who aren't directly affected are coming in. Yeah. And it's great. Like, I don't know, people allow this message to kind of fall by the wayside. But when we're kids, we're really taught this in a lot of different, like, you know, Disney type movies, kids type movies is like you have these different characters throughout the show. And in the climactic scene, like everybody works together to make it's a team up. Yeah. You we know? love a team up. And that's exactly what's happening here. But in, you know, this more concrete labor struggle it mm-hmm. is none of these, you know, the, the football team was like cash had, you know, stuck in the past. They had their friends, but not much else. They said they were like working at like a home furniture place yeah, or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's all they do is, is work and football. Yeah. You know, they, and they also look like they're like in their thirties and forties or something. They look really old. Yeah. And that's, that's all they're, they're stuck with that. You know, they do have friends. They do have, you know, football to enjoy together, but that's it. You know, mm-hmm. Detroit has her art, but it's, she feels like it's kind of dead in terms of like getting past that. She's only, she's confined to like that underground stuff. Mm hmm everyone's able to like make their stuff more real by and make their stuff make like, you know, do something that means something by putting it together in collective action. Yeah. Yeah. That's the shit. All right. Cash gets knocked out and <laughs> wakes up in like a police van, like a SWAT van. Yep. He right, right after he summons something with a whistle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's bloop, knocked out. <laughs> and the horse people save the day. Heck Yeah. He sees protesters kind of running away, a police van going to run them over. Surprise, surprise. But then, yeah, the horse people come in. They bulldoze that out of the way. They start fucking up cops and they let him out of the van. Mm -hmm. And he he tries to talk to them in like really broken English and stuff like stilted. And they're like, dude, my name's like whatever. I'm, I'm from Oakland. Like chill. Yeah. I thought that was really well done because he and everyone in the movement really has been fighting for them. Mm-hmm. But society overall has presented them as, you know, the horse people. Yeah, like, subhuman. Yeah. And so he's internalized that in some way. Like he kind of from the beginning has always been like, what the fuck? Horse people like. So he doesn't even see them. He's fighting for their, for, you know, he wants them to not be mistreated, but doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily see them as like him, as people like him. Yeah, you you saw this like in abolitionist movements where like there was a lot of patronizing yeah. um, of of black people saying, you know, like we have to take care of these people. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, I mean, they're humans like chill. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, they should be enslaved. But like, don't be an asshole about it. Yeah. I thought that was a real good parallel. Exactly for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Squeeze is 
awesome about it and, and is just like same struggle, same fight. He's like it with, with horse people that he's just freaking seen for the first time. And he's already like trying to unionize them, you know? I love it. I love it. I just like, damn, you're really chill about this. I would still be screaming at these, at these horse people. They're terrifying. Best character anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get this big victory kiss and like, you know, they move back into the garage and he gives Sal his, his fancy cars an apology mm-hmm. and we're like, man, everything's okay. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he's going back to the telemarketing shop for some reason, question mark. I don't really know. Yeah. I was kind of confused about that too. Like, I mean, they do have a union. It'll be better off, but uh. I guess that's what they're trying to say. I assume. Yeah. I mean, he's good at it, I guess. So. I guess. <laughs> so yeah, they they go back in and you know he has his apartment, but like he kept all of his nice shit from it. Yeah. And you're all like, oh man, everything's gonna be good. Things and are then fun. he's a horse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the twist is he. His nostrils get huge. And his face is all fucked up, and he's kind of like half half horse. You know, he's like mm-hmm. halfway to Equisapien. And then they do it like credits kind of fake out yeah they show the the title yeah and then their next scene is the doorbell ringing at steve lift's place the ceo Mm-hmm. and i love it because he reuses you know the title line of hey sorry to bother you but i'm here to fuck you up basically <laughs> hell yeah it's cash as an equisapien with a bunch of other equisapiens there at the gate they bust in they bust open the door one of them steps in and like roars yeah yeah and that's it yep (laughs) they get to kill this guy yay or at least take a shit and leave him out in the street fuck yeah that works too yeah we're doing a revolution we're reducing the uh both the percentage of you know the the landlords right and the Mm -hmm. and also the percentage of the stuff they own (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got to know, where were you on on Horse Surprise the first time you watched this? Because for me, it was the perfect amount of time to pass that I had not forgotten, but I assumed the transformation wasn't going to happen. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was like 100%. Oh, my God. How is he a horse? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I had written that off. I was like, that was done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess it was just Coke. And like, yeah, it it was enough. They were like, yeah, we got our happy ending. Fuck yeah. And then... Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Closing thoughts. I mean, this is a good one. It stuck with me. Yeah, I like how blatantly leftist it is. I I like, like we said earlier, them bringing up all these kinds of alternative methods that, like, don't really hold water. And, yeah, I'm very into it. I, I like how... It's not so futuristic that it's like unrealistic, mm-hmm. even though, yeah, there's a crazy fucking sci fi twist. But, like, <laughs> not gonna lie, this shit could happen. Like, oh, there's yeah. definitely eugenicists out there. <laughs> so, like, yeah. If they could figure that out, man, they would do it. I definitely also appreciated that it was, uh, the way I put it was like, it's, it's stupid proof. It is, absolutely. Like, here's a big deal for me is so many films offer some sort of a critique of capitalism that ultimately ends up being too subtle for a lot of viewers. Mm-hmm. You know, you end up with a lot of morons who watch like the old, the wall street movie with like Gordon Gecko and they think he's the oh, good God. guy, you know, yeah. Gre- they just repeat like greed is good as like, it's as if it's not like the ultimate <laughs> takedown scene of this guy. 
Uh, yeah. Or like Wolf of Wall Street. They just think it's mm. good to like cackle and drink champagne. Yeah. Look at this cool guy doing coke and fucking this hot lady. Yeah. I want to be him. <laughs> or like, you know, Breaking Bad has elements of this where it's oh, like, God. look at how society has fucked this guy over to where he did this thing. But people just think, oh, it's a, it's about a cool guy who makes drug deals, you know? like Absolutely. Or, yeah. The anti-hero trend is, is, it started out very revolutionary and very cool, but like, yeah, it got construed to the point where like, yeah, people do not get what it's about. <laughs> yeah, because there's these critiques of society and they're just like, actually, this is just cool. <laughs> this does not, like, it's impossible no pretty room. much to, yeah. You can't watch this and be like, damn, I want to be like the worry-free guy. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. And, like, even things like, like Snowpiercer, where because it's slightly sci-fi, people will be like, well, that's not going to happen. You know, like, this is right. just enough in our world that you can see it happening. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a huge fucking twist, but even without that huge fucking twist, like, you can tell things are fucked up before you start seeing horse people. Yes, yeah, for sure. I liked the the race and class element, how that mm-hmm. was, they were both brought up and both treated as, like, important. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I, I love, obviously, the art messaging in it and, like, yeah, like, it is important, but you have to do other things, too. Like, I thought that was great. Yeah, because sometimes I don't, I guess, come from the art world. So <laughs> I, I think I've said this before on the show. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's just art. It doesn't change anything. It's not revolutionary. Shut up. And it's like, <laughs> uh, this film, you know, said kind of, no, it, it can be, you know, it can make change, but yeah, not at one, yeah. you know, rating out of what, out of what? Five, 10, five stars, five stars. Well, is no, the I meant, that's the, that's the, max. that's my yeah. rating. Also, I think that's also my rating. <laughs> Yeah, man. This is really good. It's accessible, too. Like, if, you know, you don't have to be the kind of the stodgy old uh, communist and be like, <laughs> let's watch this three-hour movie about a strike somewhere. Like, it's short. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's modern. It is funny. You can show this to people as a normal, like, movie. Absolutely. Yeah, it's entertaining. Like you said, it's funny. Really good soundtrack. I love, like I said, the visual touches and, like, his directing style is really cool. Like, I... There's so many great choices, like artistically in this movie, like the voiceovers, the the furniture like coming apart, yes, like just yeah. so many. Like the way he uses cuts was really nice. And I'm not like a film buff by any <laughs> fucking means. I'm like, I don't know, it was cool, but like it was it was beautiful. It was nicely done. Yeah, for sure. Very good lighting too. Five stars, both of us. Easy rating. Five stars. <laughs> yeah, that was an easy one. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Next week we'll be reading a book it's it's an entire book i guess it's short it's i guess initially was meant to be a pamphlet i think uh Mm, let me search to see if that's the case or not tricked me into reading a book (laughs) i thought it was just a pdf which pdfs can be books yeah we're gonna read a book by (laughs) vladimir lenin called the state and revolution it's good so far i like it yeah it's it's got a, a baller opening which we've quoted before. So yeah, it's, it'll be a lots of important stuff, especially considering, I guess we've been kind of dabbling in talking about some anarchism, talking about, you know, the worker state and everything. A big part of our last reading with Engels and talking about the role of the state and everything. So it should be interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. All right. In the meantime, you can find us online. We are on Twitter at teach communism instagram at teach me communism you can send us an email teach me communism at gmail.com and if you want there you can send us questions for you know future listener q a um you can 
give a suggestion for episode topics. We love those. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a great way to help people find the show. Yeah, um, even if you're that. not an Apple user, you can still totally do that. Yeah, we love it. And I also just need your compliments to survive. We also are on YouTube. If you prefer to listen to podcasts that way, give us a search. And finally, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash teachmecommunism. For $5 a month, you get access to all of our notes uh, for this episode and all of the backlog as well. Yeah. You can see such great takes in my notes. Literally, one of them just says Tessa Thompson is V-hot. So great, <laughs> great insights from me. <laughs> Very, yeah, that's, that's in depth. She has a great underwear collection in this movie and earrings just, just on point the whole time. Anyway. <laughs> And yeah, but you actually get more interesting notes than that, um, including like marked up PDFs. Like for next week, we're going to have that for, yeah. for our Patreon supporters. At the end of the year, we'll be donating those proceeds. They do not go to us. Um, we're going to give them to a local mutual aid fund. Yes, that's right. So We are not getting rich off this pod. <laughs> it is a passion project. Yes. Thanks for watching this movie. Yeah, this was fun. It's uh, good. We'll have to pick an equally great movie next time we do a movie night. Yeah, I like movie nights. It's, I think sometimes I worry that we do too many, but it's also like I want to give you a break from like diving into <laughs> research all the time. So, <laughs> well, listeners, you can tune in next week to another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, guys. Bye.